Oh, how are we doing, everybody? It is with great despair that I am Jeff Hoke here with Kevin Perdios, Jamie Gatlin, and Chris Henrique, and we are here to give you the season finale, to much to our disdain, of Shorthanded Takes, a Boston Bruins podcast presented by Beyond the Monster, because trust me, we did not want this to be the final one, but here we are after the Bruins, one week later, one week after the Bruins were eliminated, uh, in the first round by the now streaking Florida Panthers, who have won, won seven in a row, uh, for that matter. But seven in a row? Something like that. They've been absolutely hot. We'll get to that in a few minutes. But for now, we're going to do a little bit of therapy session before we, you know, do everything else. Um, well, with that being said, uh, Bruins, Bruins are out. Uh, Florida Panthers have moved on. Uh, and we're one week later. We kind of had time to digest it. Uh Chris has had some drinks in him, uh, and, you know, we are ready to uh, start this therapy session, and I will be your therapist today, boys, uh, you know, and I will probably be venting as well. So, Jamie, I am going to start with you. I'm going to save Chris for last because I know he has a lot to say, uh, and I just know that he's going to go off, and that's fine. Uh, so, Jamie, how are you feeling one week after the uh, loss? You know, I have had a little couple drinks after the loss, you know, rough, rough night a little bit. But, uh, no, nah, I mean, it was just frustrating seeing them play the way they did. A lot of it with the self-inflicted turnovers and just not being smart with the puck. Um, and their guys didn't show up when they needed them to. It's made it a little better. The Panthers have won three straight and look like they're going to move on rather than just getting, you know, killed by the Maple Leafs. But to see them, like, play the way they did um, and lose game seven at home, was uh, tough, tough to see play out, especially when you're less than a minute and a half away from being done with that series and just, you know, being done, regrouping, getting a couple days off. They couldn't finish it off. Then you lose in a heartbreaking fashion, which I feel like was the worst part, that they were so close to just getting out of that series and did a complete 360 in, like, 30 seconds. You you, you, you nailed it right on the head. Uh, the Bruins were uh, – they were down 2 nothing. To start that game in Game Seven, uh, they fought back, uh, took the lead three to two in the third, and they held. They held. Uh, I think it was very early in the third, like two minutes into the third, and they held almost the whole way. And then the final minute, the defense disappeared. The defense was non-existent, and you know left Sway out to dry. And we'll get to that whole situation with Sway starting and you Olmark starting. And all that fun stuff. But first of all, Kevin, you know, you and I talked about this a little bit. You know, the defense just really was a no-show that whole series. You just saw nothing from Charlie McAvoy in Game 7. Hampus Lindholm was a ghost. Uh, you know, obviously, Forbort was an absolute liability out on that ice. And, you know, there were some questions here and there by, obviously, coaching decisions uh, as to what the hell was going on with that defense. Yeah. Um, how much time do I have here? Yeah, I do. Do you? We, we have. We have. <laughs> you, you're paying me for an hour. This, this is. This is going to no be. Limit. You guys set time limit on this one because I was in attendance. You got five for minutes games, for game seven. Five. I was in attendance, and oh, that's right. I forgot about that. What when I when I tell you, the Bruins sucked. <laughs> I, I mean, like, they sucked. 
Like it, it <laughs> their inability to just even make a fucking clean pass, right? Like that that's the level of that we are breaking down to. They couldn't make a clean tape to tape pass. And it was like, holy shit. And it wasn't the final minute. It wasn't the final minute and a half. You had 50 seconds left with an empty net at the other end of the ice. And you couldn't figure out how to get the puck out of your zone. Not saying you have to go over the empty net, but you're not even, (laughs) you're not even capable of going high off the glass and out. You do that twice. You do that once. You're in a much better spot. You get that puck out with 50 seconds left, right? Now, all of a sudden, let's say Florida goes back and gets it. They're back in your zone with, I don't know, at best 30 seconds left, right? Okay. 30 seconds may seem like a long time, and it is. You make one save in that situation, you're you're done. The game's over, right? It's just... You can dissect this game all you want. You can you can blame and point fingers, and we'll I'm sure we'll do that. It, it from top to bottom, it was unacceptable. Like uh, like everywhere you want to look, you want to look at coaching, you want to look at goaltending, you want to look at defense. All relative, all worth some finger pointing. But at the end of the day, it it, it was. We had no business winning. We had no business winning that series. Like we didn't deserve to win that series. So Florida outplayed us. Top to bottom, you have an opportunity to kind of put the series away. And and Montgomery showed kind of what we were what we were thinking this whole time was how much coaching is he really doing? Yeah. And and the the defense, it's I like Lindholm. He had a great year, had a hell of a year for us in the regular season. I'm, I'm impressed with what, what he did. Um, no show in the playoffs. Absolute no show. So, I don't know. I don't know. So, Chris, I'll go to you now. Uh, and, you know, obviously uh, you're on the side of coaching when it comes to, you know, the blame. Uh Obviously, uh, now before before we get into that, uh, did may did we maybe underestimate the Florida Panthers a little bit going in? I think a hundred percent. I think the Bruins went into the postseason thinking that they were an elite team. Which honestly, how can you not think they weren't an elite team based off the way they played? But I think they underestimated the Florida Panthers, and it's clearly obvious because Florida is. What up there? What three nothing against the Maple yep. Leafs right now? Yeah, they're about uh, on the verge of sweeping. Yep. By the way, Toronto is still a fluke team. Just, just want to <laughs> put that out there. You're about to get your asses swept. Uh, we'll go over that in a little while. Don't you worry. So, so yeah, I I happen to have to agree with that. I mean, I I just I think the Bruins thought that they were going to go into this postseason and and coast, and they played that way. They didn't they didn't play like a team that went out and set the world on fire in the regular season. They went into this, this playoff series as if it was a team that was owed to go to the next round. The Panthers outplayed them. The Panthers were more physical than the Bruins. The Panthers stepped up when the Bruins wouldn't. And honestly, like 
I hope that I hope that the Bruins make these players go back and watch this series and say, stop passing the puck so fucking much. Like, guys, like how many times did they have open shots on the net and they're and they're 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 playing keep away? They're trying to be cute. Like, just take a shot at the net. It was so pathetic. They had open shots. And then when they were passing and the guys wanted to shoot, you got guys like Lindholm, who was the, the stick was flailing in the air. I, I can't tell you how disappointed I was in Hampus Lindholm. And if they traded him this offseason, I wouldn't be pissed. Get rid of the money. He has been a puddle in two years in the postseason they've had him. We get six more years of Hampus Lindholm who can't play in the postseason, which is where you want to be. I'm also angry and annoyed with the coaching staff. I think that Montgomery throughout the entire season, right? He skated this whole season because he had guys like Bergeron and Krejci and Pasta and other leaders in that, in that hockey, in that locker room that could mask the fact of whatever he wanted to do as a coach. But the second that the stakes were the highest, he overreacted. He was setting, he was making line changes. Like he put it, this, how about when he, Bergeron came back and he doesn't put him on the same line with, what was it? Marchand? Yeah. That lasted what? A series and a half. And then they're put back together. He just overreacted to everything. He looked like a coach that was not ready for the biggest stage, and that's the playoffs. And he got his pants pulled down, and he got his ass slapped. And he is, in my opinion, besides the first off, I think David Pasternak laid an egg. And it's time that, look, we need to stop with, when we have a player in our market that's really good, and we give them a free pass all the time, the second they play bad, we never want to critique that. Oh, well, he scored 60 goals. Great. Great. You're watching the Florida Panthers on the verge of going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Cute. Rafael Devers is hitting 230, but we signed him to $330 million, and he's a great player. But we will not, we won't critique the fact that he's struggling, but yet we'll go ahead and shove the dick up and the dildo up the ass of Ryan Brazier, who's, who's, who's struggling all the time. Like, I, I understand it's not apples to apples in the grand scheme of things, but do you guys get what I'm saying? Whenever we have a super like Jason Tatum, I heard on the radio that Jason Tatum had a great second half last night in, in the loss to the 76ers. I'm sorry. Was I watching a different game? Jason Tatum never wants to take the last shot. Marcus Smart, who by the way, shouldn't be a on the on, like if he get he needs to be traded. That dude is a clown. It is a disgrace that he's wearing a Celtics uniform. He sucks. He sucks, blows, and sucks again. But yet he's taking the last shot. Jason Tatum is in, in both the in the in that last minute, last seconds in both the fourth quarter and, and the and overtime. He's passing it out to J. Why is why is Marcus Smart taking that shot? I know I'm bearing off, but I'm annoyed. And it just goes back, back around to this market will not go and hammer the superstars when they suck. And by the way, Marcus Smart, you're not a superstar. You think you are, but you're not. But yet, we will quickly shit on the 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 Caleb Orts, the Ryan Braziers, and the guys that suck all the time, like a bunch of friggin' bullies. But we'll never we'll never criticize the guys who should who are getting paid to step up, and they didn't. Pasternak didn't step up. 
Montgomery just looked like a shell. He 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 was a puddle as well. And it's frustrating because we shouldn't be doing a post-mortem Bruins podcast. We should be doing a podcast about a team that should be waxing the Maple Leafs. Like, this is such a layup for the Panthers. I mean, should we just end the podcast right there? I mean, that was good. <laughs> Fuck Marcus Smart. Sorry. <laughs> So, so I'll 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 keep Go Chris going here. I'm going to keep Chris going here. Oh so no, God! Get why? ready, get ready for this. Oh, All right, Jesus. here we go. Because he's exactly right. Chris is exactly right. A Marcus this, Smart. This, <laughs> excuse my excuse my French, but this pussification of America that takes place specifically in Boston of well, he's our best player. We can't criticize him. Is the exact opposite of how it should be. Yes, you you like you use a Caleb board. You know he sucks. What do you? Why are you getting on him when you know he sucks? Like he's got a new cutter, by the way, guys. He's oh, got a new cutter. Great. It's oh, so glad it. to hear it's that. Cut out to the fucking parking lot after someone hits it out. <laughs> I love it. Like, <laughs> it. It's fucking awful. But the the inability and the in unwillingness to blame the superstars is. Nauseating. David it is. Post- David Pasternak didn't show up for the first four games, three games, four games of that series. He said to himself, I need to be a bit more better about shooting the puck. I need to be more better about shooting the puck. And he did it in the last half. To his credit, to his credit, in game six, he should have had the game-winning goal. In game six, he should have had the game-winning goal, but we, the defense choked, couldn't couldn't step up. He Wait, also. Talk, I thought it was Marshan. Are you talking about the breakaway? I thought that was Marshan. That was Marshan was a breakaway. No, no. Pasnock scored. So so Pasnock scored. I think in game six, or was it game seven? Yeah. One of the two. Oh, the, oh, between the legs one. Yes. Yes. I yeah. think in game six, game six. Had, whatever game that they won, he had some garbage time stats. That would make the average fan be like, "Oh, look, Pasnock did great, but he didn't." No, Pasta, no, no. The game Pasta six was a was a puddle. So yeah, for the for the first four games, game I would give he he was coming back around. He had a shot blocked. So this is another like because I was the same way. He's he was a puddle. I agree. I still don't. I still think he's someone to blame. This isn't. This isn't giving him an out. This is. The the hockey show ninety eight five they do it like Saturday mornings had a very good take and a very good um take on pasta of he had a shot blocked earlier in the series I want to say it was like game three yeah maybe, the shoulder game two and he was very reluctant to shoot the puck the rest of the series and it was almost like like Chris was saying he was looking to pass versus. Shooting, it's like, dude, you scored sixty goals. We're not paying you to pass. Shoot the effing puck. You, puck. You, you are the long list of guys that should be doing that. When he got back to finally starting to shoot the puck, he had a couple find the back of the net, and I think the game six one, which was between the legs, I should remember this, but I think he scored in game seven, but I could be wrong. Either way, not a guy like he needs to step up. He needs to step up. The other, the other thing that I think is, this is going to be my rant, and it's going to fall in line with Chris. Saint Patrice, I, I hate to say it, my man, 
Thank you for all you've done. Love you. Mean it. Time to hang him up. Time to hang him up. You come back in the playoff series, whether it's your decision or not, I, I, either way, you're back. We can dissect that. And we don't win a single playoff game with you with you in the lineup. They forced him back in, and there was no reason to do so. Yeah. And None. Him so there's D- another there's another conversation, right? And why is he back? That pisses me off so much, and that's a big reason why that I continue to say I don't give a crap that Montgomery is a finalist for coach of the year. Montgomery should be be. unemployed. He should be fired because he got his pants pulled down and, uh, and Maurice from, from the Panthers went and (laughs) hit him repeatedly. Like, look, I I don't care what Cassidy's doing. I don't care about any of that crap. What's going on the golden Vegas Knights. I care about what's going on the Boston Bruins. And the fact that this guy was exposed in the entire postseason in that in that seven game stretch he was exposed why didn't any beat writer who covers the team radio got whoever it was n- know the fact that he was like how does that how does Montgomery get exposed come out in seven games when we saw 82 games prior to that and not one beat writer saw that not one national guy saw that. Not one radio guy saw that. Because because they were caught up in the hype too. They wanted the interviews. They wanted the exclusives. They wanted to fucking... They wanted all that shit. They wanted the pasta 60 and the pasta scoops and all that other nonsense. But at the end of the day... At the end of the day, I don't want to hear well, coaching sometimes. No, the coaching does matter. And we saw it in this postseason. We saw the coach of the Boston Bruins get exposed. And we're going to go through this. They, they Look, they're probably going to take a step back next year because they're going to make some changes with the roster, and I'm fine with that. They just got to get in the postseason. But I'm going to tell you right now, I don't care if they're the one seed or the eighth seed. Like, I'm going to be worried about the fact that the, that the head coach who shit his pants all this past postseason is back behind the bench and is going to is going to change the lines because the wind blew from the left to the right and and Patrice and David Krejci and all like, like I'm done with it. He should be gone. They should get an experienced playoff focused head coach with this team because that's what they need. They need a guy who's been there, done that, and that isn't afraid to tell the Patrice Bergerons of the world, Patrice, let's get you healthy because the second we insert you back in the lineup, my lines were fucked. Oh, and by the way, guess how many games we won? <laughs> A big zero. So as much, uh, Jamie, I'm going to come to you here in a second because you I haven't just... spoken in like a half hour. <laughs> um, so I don't know how to pull up the rants. I can't pull up these rants. Uh, so I do want to say I agree with the Montgomery thing. It, it, a lot of this is on him. Line changes, goalie changes, you know. Should, we didn't uh, even talk about the goalie changes. We're not, we're not going to get into that yet. Uh, Chris, no, we'll go. take a lap. Uh, Chris, take a lap. Take a lap, buddy. Take a lap. <laughs> get in the sim bin for a few minutes, okay? Take take a take a breather, um, but you have that. You have that. I will say, uh, if if you were to fire him, which I do not believe they will, going to find your third coach in three years is going to be kind of hard to do when you want to find a playoff experience head coach. That is that's the only thing I will say about that. Only thing I will say about that. That's that so what? So really what? Cool. And I'm just saying this right now because it's popped into my brain. Yeah, but Calgary just fired a guy that I didn't think they should get fired. I'd swap out Suter for Montgomery yeah. right now. 
What's the what's the dude down in Providence? What's that? Oh, you mean the dude that also got ejected in the first round? I, you know what? I don't. I don't care. Also don't got care. taught, got swept in the first round so for that what? matter. So what? Bring him up. Fuck it. Montgomery, if you're so worried about that, Montgomery is the hockey version of Grady Little. Ooh. that's Ooh. exactly what he is. He is the Ooh. hockey version. I got some of ninety-five Grady Little. hot takes up in here. I love it. Oh, he is the hockey version God. of Grady Little. And guess what? Sucks. Is what it is. This guy's gonna be back behind the bench next year. They'll probably they'll make the postseason. They'll be like the five or six seed because they're gonna take a step back because they can't afford everybody. They're gonna get in, and then every single fan, your asshole's gonna be tighter than a fucking baby's bottom because you're gonna be so worried about what this guy's gonna call. Honestly, if you if you you're not gonna have the two goalies because you're gonna have to make a decision there. You're not gonna both those goalies. Okay, so take a lap for take a lap for a second. Take a lap. Take, take you a lot, Jamie. How's it going down there, buddy? How you, how you doing? I'm just taking. I'm just taking in the rants. It's great long, stuff. Long time no talk. Um, um, you know it's what I I need. To, I guess I want to know your take on this. Uh, I've heard enough from Chris from right now. Uh, I'm gonna ask your take on the goalies because I already know what Chris is gonna say. We all know what Chris is gonna say because he just ranted about it for the last half hour. Yes, exactly. Oh, he just walked out. He... <laughs> Uh, but you know, he's going to force chips now. Anyway, what's your obviously, obviously Jim Montgomery made a huge mistake in this series, and you know his is I don't want to say he's not a rookie head coach, but his inexperience of not making the playoffs really showed. What I mean, obviously they're not going to fire him, but what does he need to do better next year in order to you know take this team to the next level? Keep doing what's working. We saw during the regular season that when they kind of played matchups and that they switched guys, that worked a lot. And I feel like in a couple of weeks, we're going to hear that Allmark had some crazy injury or just by the way he was moving, he obviously was not at 100%. And to wait till game seven to make that swap when your guy's obviously hurting and Swayman finished strong is just a head scratcher. Um, and kind of like we said, I mean, he got, he overthought it. Um, and it was weird to see him not do what gave them such a historic regular season and just abandon that in the playoffs. Like, I get Allmark was the guy, but he was hurt. And you kind of swapped during the regular season, and that worked. And waiting to do that until game seven with the season on the line was just such a weird and horrible move. Like, I feel like Kevin said this last episode, like, should put Swayman in game five. Yep. Like, you don't make that switch. Game seven. That was just a horrible coaching decision on his part. So, okay, we're gonna therapy session is gonna be put to aside for a few minutes, and we're gonna go on to what's next. Okay, now by the end of this episode, we are going to make our new Stanley Cup predictions because this is our season finale, and we might come back on one more time before uh, during the play uh, Stanley Cup Finals. I don't know. We'll see how everyone feels, and uh, we also gonna talk about uh, the Bedard sweepstakes and all that fun stuff. So, uh. You know, obviously, there's a uh, Kevin. There's a lot to you know take in here, and we we will go over this a lot in the offseason. Obviously, uh, obviously, Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci are up in the air, uh, whether or not they're going to retire or not. Uh, you got a lot of free agents because you, you got four million in cap space this coming season, and they went all in this season, thinking they were going to make a deep run. Obviously, and obviously, they were outside in the first round. Um, what what is the next step for this team? Who do you bring back? Do you bring back a Bertuzzi? Obviously, Dimitri Orlov is probably going to be gone. But you, who do you trade? Like, 
early indication, what do you think? We're, we'll go over this more once the postseason uh, uh, offseason comes around. Um, I know it's a it's a loaded question. Yeah, it's kind of. I don't think you. I don't think you keep. You keep one of Hall or Bertuzzi, right? They, that's kind of the only way you could do it. You can't keep both. So if you choose that you want to keep Bertuzzi, you trade Taylor Hall. If you choose you want to keep Hall, then you let Bertuzzi walk. You know, it's kind of that that one or the other type of thing. I'd say if you could get Bertuzzi maybe a little cheaper, you keep Bertuzzi. Trade he's younger Hall. for that matter. Yeah, see if you can get something back to him because like you said, you, you're going to – you got to kind of go through, no matter what, you're going to take a step back, right? Like we're not doing, even if ever, let's say you just ran it back again this with this team, which obviously you're not, you're not going to do what you did this year. It's just not what they did. <laughs> they, they had a horseshoe shoved up their ass during the regular season. Like it, it's, you know, it kind of, um, it just wouldn't work out and you're not going to repeat that season. So no matter what, you're taking a step back and you got to start playing for the future. Um, I think now is the time you just see what these young guys have. Obviously you don't want to rush them. That's kind of a bigger mistake, but you know, if they're kind of on that line of being ready and should we call them up or not, give them a shot, give them a, give them a cup of coffee, see what they have. Um, but in regards to Hall or Bertuzzi, I think it just comes down to which one the Bruins see here long-term. Um, I love Bertuzzi. I wish you could keep both. I just, for whatever reason, my gut says it's going to be one or the other. And that's kind of where you start. Okay. So, Chris, you, you're good for a second? You, you, you're you good to you, – you've had your uh, – you, you're breathing now? Your, your heart rate's mm-hmm. back down? Okay. Um, yes. Uh, just, just really quickly before we move on here, mm-hmm. uh, what is your take as to what is next for, for this team when it comes to roster building with the whole cap situation going on? Obviously there's been a lot of rumors out there. Obviously people are, you know, saying, you know, let's trade McAvoy. Let's do this. Let's do that. W- what the fuck are we doing out here? Yeah. I, I think the trade McAvoy is crazy talk, you know, um, you can have a nine million dollar a year player on your roster, a nine plus million dollar year, uh, nine, no, excuse me, plus million dollar a year player on your roster, along with Pasta, who's going to make eleven and change and more. You know, at the end of the day, we know that McAvoy. Granted, he didn't have a good postseason. It was not a good seven game series, but I think the overall sample size with a guy like, excuse me, Charlie McAvoy. Um, I think that most Bruins fans, maybe 85, 80, 85% of them would understand that he's going to bring you and give you, you know, a good performance, both the postseason and regular season. I would start, if I was going to move anybody from the, from the blue line, I'd actually start with Connor Clifton. I'd see what you can get there. Um, I think he's a free agent, know. right? Isn't he a free agent? I'm sorry. Yes, he is a free agent. Uh, I meant to say Matt Grizzly, rather. Um I, I would start there. And if, you know, if you need to go bigger then I, I would honestly look at Hampus Lindholm. I'd look to see what you can get back. Um, I happen to agree with Michael Felger on, on with the take that, you know, you traded some first rounders. 
you still wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't, uh, would it be a bad idea if you can get a few back? You still need to go ahead and throw a dart at the dartboard and see if you can hit something, even though you, you know, you suck at, at, at drafting. So from that, from that perspective, if anybody's bringing up McAvoy, I think that that, that's an, that's a no-go. And if they traded McAvoy, that would be an, I, that would be a shock to the system. I, mean, I would absolutely be shocked if that happened. Um, from an offensive standpoint, you guys talked about Hall, Bertuzzi. And if I want to look at this objectively, boners aside, I think Bertuzzi, right? He is younger. But Bertuzzi and Pasta are electric together. So I look at building a team and I say, well, those two were dynamite in the postseason together. Bertuzzi and him have a really good chemistry. Taylor Hall, I can replace that. I can replace, you know, that four, five, six million dollars of Taylor Hall elsewhere at a cheaper price. And I like Taylor Hall. I think he's a great player. But if I had to choose of the two, I'd bring Bertuzzi back. I would move on from Hall. And then I think the elephant in the room ultimately is what are you going to do with the goalie situation? Does Allmark go and you keep Swayman? I haven't put enough thought into into really like wanting to have a good take on it just yet. So I don't want to go and say I do one over the other. But when the puck drops in the new season, I would be incredibly like it would be jaw dropping if both those players are still on the roster. And if they are, it's because Swayman lowered his value as a as a restricted free agent and took a dramatic hometown discount to stay with the Bruins. Cause he likes to hug old Mark. Like that's the only thing I can come up with. So I don't want to go ahead off the cuff and say who I want over the, you know, one over the other. Cause I, 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 yep. would, I would just be throwing shit out there. I think we should talk about this maybe in a few weeks. And like, if you had to make a decision between old Mark and Swayman, but I think that that decision is going to need to be had. And I think the Bruins know what they want to do. And it's going to be interesting. And what ends up happening it wouldn't surprise me if we woke up and there was a tweet that says that Olmark was traded with another player and they freed up some salary and they got a pick back and a younger guy. It also wouldn't surprise me if the Bruins went and, and moved on from, from Swayman. You know what I mean? So I don't know. They have, this is a big off season, but you know, what's crazy. Like I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about what Don Sweeney is going to do. Like we went from, maybe being concerned about what he's going to do to where it's like, you know what? I have confidence in him building in this team because he's shown that he can do it. He signs the homegrown guys. Yeah. He sucks at drafting. We all know that. But when it comes to free agency and trades, dude's been nailed. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and we'll see what happens. So moving on there for a second. Um, I want to go over this. Uh, Bedard sweepstakes has come to a close. The, uh, so much of our disdain, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks uh, have the number one overall pick in the NHL draft. Uh, Kevin, obviously, Kevin and I think it's rigged, uh, obviously, because, you know, Anaheim's a terrible market. You don't want to send your uh, generational talent to Anaheim. Why not send them to Chicago, where obviously a lot of people will be watching him? And get this, within the, within the hour after the... Chicago Blackhawks were chosen number one. Uh, 
the Blackhawks have sold $1.9 million in season tickets. The hour after Bedard, the Bedard pick, uh, the number one overall pick was t- given to Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, Jamie, uh, I mean, obviously, like I said, marketing wise, it's great, but also fuck the Chicago Blackhawks. And because of the whole scandal that they had with Kyle Beach and all that stuff, they shouldn't even have a first round pick this time around. But that's besides the point at this point. What what's your take on Bedard to the Chicago Blackhawks really quickly? I mean, he's a guy that need. I kind of I agree with you. I don't think they should necessarily have a first round pick, but I mean, he's a amazing talent. He's gonna help you know turn around hockey in Chicago, and it's kind of annoying that that's how it ended up. But in a team that's rebuilding, if you're looking for any prospect, doesn't get you know much better than that. As you gotta start the rebuild with, especially considering that they lost. You know, Cannon Towns, and now just like, all right, well, we got the first round pick in Bedard, so future looks yep. a lot brighter than it did twenty four hours ago for them. Kevin, I know, I know you're with me on the fact that it's rigged, uh, but overall, with you know, obviously Chicago taking him, there was really two teams that you know were probably best for him to go to, and I, I know we all wanted it. a lot of people wanted Anaheim because of the fact that you know, just it's Anaheim, but I mean Montreal. Uh, I guess three teams, Montreal, Philly, and Chicago are the three teams that, you know, were probably best for him because A, the marketing-wise, and, you know, just it'd probably be the best teams to play with. Thank God he's not playing for torts because that would be a living hell. Uh, but what say you on the whole uh, Bedard to mo- most likely to the Chicago Blackhawks? Yeah, I mean, it, it's – I think you guys kind of all said it. I mean, we, we – it's rigged. It's a great way to cover up what happened in Chicago. Cover up. I, I know it's out there, but <laughs> you know, it's a it's a great way to kind of hey, you know, look over here. We have the now the next face of hockey for the next, you know, or the next 10 years, whatever it is is gonna be the the best kid to come out of the draft or whatever in the last 10 years or so. Um yeah, I, I think Montreal could have been could have been fun, but I think it would have been funner as a Bruins fan if it was when Bergeron, Krejci were kind of in their primes and not on the way out. Um, you know, Chicago still has a lot of holes. Yeah, Bedard helps, but I think there's still a lot of holes over there. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think he's going to provide a spark to that city and organization and um, talk about a team that just somehow just keeps getting fucking lucky, I guess <laughs> you go from Kane and toes Taze to Connor Bedard. It, it, it's kind of, let's see how many, how many other guys they can put around them. Um, but uh, I guess I'll leave it like this is what we were talking with. We were just talking about the, uh, do you want to choose, Bertuzzi, Hall, whatever. Go add Jonathan Taze. See, see what, see what else you can <laughs> add to this. Add, bring Taze into Dear Boston. Dear fucking God, let's get fucking crazy. Oh Lord. <laughs> um, Chris. Uh, obviously, Anaheim's probably the most unluckiest team in America. Uh, you know they lost out to uh Crosby, uh, back when he was drafted. Uh, got the second pick there, and now we're gonna get the second pick with, um. 
uh, this year's draft. <laughs> Although the, the the guy that's coming second off the board, I think his name's Finelli or something like that. He's not he he's a good consolation prize, but he's obviously no Connor Bedard. Um, Chicago getting Bedard is obviously a big thing for Chicago. What's your take on this? So, I don't feel bad for Anaheim because they have they have Zigris and they they you know they they have a good young player there. I mean, Bedard's a better talent, but I mean he's still a really good player. Um, I'm not upset that Montreal didn't get the first overall pick whatsoever. So let's go ahead and kick that, you know, Kansas out of the road. When it comes to Philadelphia, that fan base sucks. So I'm not upset by that either. Look, Chicago is an iconic NHL city. And, you know, if it is quote unquote rigged, I would say that's a, that's a better market. Are you going to put Bedard in Columbus? The media market is, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they, they have a good roster, but at least with Chicago, you're going to get some eyes and some exposure, and, it, and it's a good hockey town. So at the end of the day, I think this is a good, it's a good fit out of all those teams. I don't think you want to go ahead and put you know, your next big superstar out in Anaheim. You know what I mean? Like California hockey doesn't see it, it that it doesn't really mesh. So I'm not upset by it. I, you know, take away the Blackhawks scandal and everything else and how that was handled, it, you know, whatever. But I think it's a good landing spot. It's, it, it, it's a great city he's going to go into and Chicago will begin to, you know, turn the page and try to build a new, you know, a new uh, foundation with building around Bedard and, I think hockey's at its best when the Blackhawks and the Rangers and the Bruins and the Maple Leafs, the Canadians, those teams are are at their peak. So, I mean, why not? I don't mind this whatsoever. Okay, so to wrap this podcast up and wrap this season up, uh, I want we all made obviously picks. We all picked the Bruins to win the uh, Stanley Cup. Uh, we need to change that. Uh, because obviously for reasons we know. Um, so without further ado, uh, Kevin, I'll start with you. Who, who's your new Stanley Cup final teams, and who's your winner? Vegas Golden Knights. Please. Um, strictly because I love chaos, and Butterfly. I, I want the storylines that the Boston media will definitely draw of. Oh, look, he left, and now they go and win a Stanley Cup. Um, I said even before he left, or when he left, he will win a Stanley Cup in the next three years. So um, I want Vegas, it's a one year. <laughs> I, I want Vegas to win it just because I want I, – I, I'm a little uh, – I'm a sucker for pain, I guess. You know, I, I, want, I want those storylines. I want that Boston media to kind of rip – Rip this organization a little bit. Um, who do who do who do you have them uh, beating? That's a good question. You got Carolina, New Jersey, or Florida. I'm not going to throw Toronto in there. Mm-hmm. They don't deserve Florida. it. Florida, Florida, Florida. Because again, just just because, just the, because the, the two teams, <laughs> yeah, it's the two teams, like. <laughs> Give me, uh, give me the perfect storyline. Um, but you know, credit to credit to Florida, right? Like we, we. I mean, uh, yeah, it's they, that... they built. I was talking with some of my friends who are 
big hockey fans and big Bruins fans, they they said it. They're like Florida built a perfect playoff team. Like they they sucker these guys, these teams into playing a physical game to kind of get off of what is their game. Like the Bruins weren't a physical team. Florida found a way to get the Bruins off their game and play down to their level in Florida. Put a stranglehold on them. Like that, that's all it was. It's kind of sucked the life out of them. And they're they're doing the same thing to Toronto. They're making Toronto play a little bit less, um, a little bit more of a physical game than they were used to. And now they're up 3 0. You know, yeah. it, it's so give me Vegas, Vegas and Florida, and shit. Let's hit let's have Vegas win a Stanley Cup. Bob Bob says fuck it and just decided to go off at the best best time possible. Um, Jamie, what is your matchup and who wins? I'm gonna go wild and go uh Florida and the Kraken, and I Ooh. think Florida's gonna win. I just Ooh. want that for the pure chaos of that matchup and just they've impressed me a lot. The Panthers just with how they beat the Bruins and then that they've just flat out dominated the Maple Leafs in three games yep. after. All the Toronto fans chanted that they want Florida. Well, you got Florida, and that's going great for you, it looks uh, like. Yeah, um, I love that. But when the hell like, does that ever work? Like, it's, it's, it's Toronto like fans, a, man. They made it out the first round. They're happy. That's a giant kiss of death. I mean, Christ. It's unbelievable. Season two. Christ. The Christ fans the, did the same thing. Christ, Austin Matthews, William Nyland, and Mitch Marner are already out golfing, for fuck's sake. They haven't showed up in the last three games. So, Did you guys I mean, see that after after game three? There's just there's a video on Twitter of just 40 seconds of Panthers fans just walking out of the stadium. They all tra- chanted, "We want Florida." Oh yeah, yeah, that was savage I move. Love I love that. Good for them. But, uh, kind of, I agree with what Kevin said. They did build a perfect kind of playoff team with their style, and at this point, like let's go wild. You know, it'd probably make it feel a lot better considering what happened with the Bruins if they won. But I just like love what that team has done. Um, and Seattle because like let's get wild and go to Seattle get for wild. Screw it. Uh I'm gonna go before I get to Chris, I'm gonna go with Dallas over New Jersey. Oh, let's let's get let's get wild. Yeah, let's get really Ooh, wild. That's get cute. Wild. Uh we all saw what happened to uh Carolina on the road yesterday uh, the other day. Carolina is fucking garbage on the road. Uh yep. and they gotta play one more road game. And if they lose that, they'll be tied up and then it's back and forth. And I just think New Jersey has a little bit of the Momentum right now, and uh, you know Dallas. Oh, fuck it, dude. Why not? That da- I give, get, let's give Joe Pavelski's fucking ring finally, dude. Let's let's fucking do it. How's that, Chris? What's your what's yours? I gotta tell you, Dallas and New Jersey just doesn't really. It doesn't right. That, that's what I, I I I picked the two worst teams that could possibly be matched up and said fuck nothing it. moves when you say that. So, no, dude, that's the best part. <laughs> but. I got to tell you, I love the idea of the Kraken. You know what I mean? Like, it's a young team. You know, how many years now? Two, three years in the league? Two. Two years. You know, basically almost taking the Vegas Golden Knights blueprint. You know, how can you not root for them? But at the end of the day, my pick is the Florida Panthers. Ah, there it is. They went. And wipe the they wipe the floor with your Boston Bruins. They are the hottest team in hockey right now. They are cocky. They're confident. I got to tell you what, I respect that. I appreciate it. And the cat in the background, 
I'm going the Panthers. And I say the Panthers they win the cup over the Seattle Kraken four games to two. I will say, I will say, fuck Matthew Kachuk. I will say that. Fuck that man. You know what's funny is that remember when we before the season started, we did a podcast on like the moves and stuff. Yeah. And we talked about Florida and we talked about Calgary. Yeah. And we were actually more excited about what Calgary did yeah. than what Florida ended up doing. And actually, know. you know, I know you say like, you know, screw Kachuk. He's good though. I I I that's why that's they, why I say fuck Kachuk because he's fucking good. I hate they, it. They, they, they what you know what sucks about the whole thing too is that like it's a climate that doesn't deserve hockey greatness if that really means anything you know like when you, think of hockey, you don't think of 80 degrees sunrise florida yeah. like you think of that you think philly you think boston you think toronto montreal Detroit. new york chicago like those are the teams you think of you don't think oh let's go to sunrise florida and take in a game like it's not it's not what you think about so i mean good for them good for them look if the kraken won it or the Golden Knights, Florida, any combination of those three teams are not going to be upset. I, I mean, the Devils, I, if it came out of the Devils and the Stars with your matchup, I'd go with the Devils. I, I just like their young players. Yeah, no. Hughes, et cetera. Like, they have yeah. such a good young core. I, I mean, I like that's how I feel about the uh, Dallas. I mean, they have some older players that I like, you know, you, you know, know, Miss Breakfast, Tyler Sagan's out there, so why not? <laughs> At the end of the day, the one thing that the NHL can pull out of this is that they have a lot of the good young talent featured in this postseason right now to market their game yep. and get excited about. You know, I know we're we're you know dogging the whole Chicago Bedard, but it's still a win for the NHL that at least you have an idea of where this guy is gonna go. You know, it sucks that the Bruins are not part of this picture, but you know, future still looks pretty good. The Rangers look pretty good. Like the NHL has a lot to celebrate and be excited about which is is cool for the sport. It sucks for us in the grand scheme of things as Bruins fans, but for the overall, you know, perspective of the sport, guys like Hughes, you know, they're they're in the you know, they're shining bright. I mean, hell, Connor McDavid, we didn't even mention him and he's still in the postseason. Yeah, they're losing five so, one right now to uh Vegas. So I have a bet on Barstool that he was to score two goals tonight. Uh, he hasn't scored one yet. Yeah, I don't even think he showed up yet. Course not. Yeah, some dude named uh, uh, I don't even know who Zach White. No, 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 I don't even know who the hell scored. Oh, well, uh, the Fogel kid uh, scored for Edmonton. Yeah, the guy from Subway. What? The guy from Subway. Yeah, yeah, Fogler. Yeah, let's go with that. Yes. Um, but no, I mean, this is like I think this is for outside of Vegas. I think uh, all teams who are in right now or have not won a championship in like the last five years. So, I mean, it's good. It's good to see a little bit of uh parody out there where teams are actually, you know, competing now. Uh, but you know, obviously, you know, it sucks because this is our last one of the season and obviously it is what it is. And uh, we thank you all for listening. Once again, uh, we are ranked in Canada now and we are also ranked in Spain uh, according to the uh, charitable uh, rankings. So I d- thank you, Spain. Thank you, Canada. Uh, not ranked in the United States. What the hell, United States? What the fuck are we doing out here? You know, need to get on that a little bit. But no, we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back after the playoffs. Uh, we'll do some off-season stuff here and there. But uh, without further ado, uh, I'm Jeff Hoke. That's Jamie Gatlin. That's Chris Enrique, and that's Kevin Perdidos. And this has been 
season two of uh, Shorthanded Takes, a Boston Bruins podcast presented by Beyond the Monster. We will see you guys in season three.